Good afternoon or whatever time it is from wherever you are tuning in. Welcome to the Poolside Perspectives, the ultimate podcast for all things swimming pools and outdoor living. I'm your host, Kevin Woodhurst, and joining me is my incredible co-host and all-around great guy, Mike Farley. Together, we bring you decades of industry expertise and a passion for creating unforgettable poolside experiences. Get ready to dive into exciting discussions, insider tips, and expert insights that will elevate your outdoor living to new heights. Whether you're a pool owner, a design enthusiast, or simply someone who enjoys basking in the sun by the water, this podcast is your go-to resource for all things pool-related. So grab your sunscreen, put on your shades, plug in, and let's make a splash with Poolside Perspectives. Hey, good afternoon or good evening to everybody out there that's dropped in to listen to our podcast. The Poolside Perspectives podcast is new to the industry and it's going to be primarily focused at the consumers because my partner and I really have a keen desire to educate people. Again, welcome to the podcast. And I'm going to look over here at Mike and I'm going to ask Mike, I think, a really important question as to why we're doing this. What excites you about doing this, Mike? And why did you decide that? Now is the time to put a podcast together and get after it. Can I have a story? In my life, people have poured into me all my life and shared things and helped me become who I am. And so likewise, I always have a feeling that once I have some knowledge base, I like to help other people. So years ago, I was asked to start teaching in the pool industry and I've taught at the international and regional pool shows and help teach people in the industry, but that only covers helping a certain amount of people. So we started a YouTube channel to give people more information and try to explain some things and jargon and concepts and materials and things like that. That's a great channel. Well, thank you. If you look back at the beginning episodes, we just started. We didn't start well. The whole premise around it was we weren't trying to be HGTV. We were just trying to give people information. In that process... I started getting phone calls from people all over the country asking me questions about things, asking me to come help them where they were at. And my intent as a designer is I didn't want to become this guy that traveled all over the place. I like my home. I like to sleep in my bed. I like Dallas-Fort Worth. There's plenty of work here. And so my answer was, no, I can't help you. And people were like, we don't know how to start. We can't find the right people. And this is a huge investment. How can we go about making educated decisions? And I understood because when I first switched from landscape architecture in the residential sector back in the early 90s and switched over to the pool industry, I was like, oh, let's go out and get information about swimming pools so I can be a good designer. And I went down to the local bookstore because we didn't have House or Pinterest or any of those things back in 1992. And I was like, let's get a book about swimming pools. And there was one on the shelf. The Sunset Book. The Sunset Book of Pools, yes. And what was sad to me was 25% of the pools in the book were done by the pool company that I worked for in Northern California. And so I was like, well, this isn't a great resource. There's got to be more. And I looked and looked and looked. There wasn't. It was really frustrating. So people in the pool industry helped me when I started. People from trade shows and going to seminars and trade magazines, but that was fairly limited. But slowly I learned my craft 
And so I want to help other people. So now this is the second biggest investment people will make. And they're probably their life is investing in their backyard. And it's not just the pool. It's the pool and the cabana and the fire pits and all the cool things that go with it. And they don't have any information. You brought up something interesting, and that was the fact that there was one book available. The thought came up in my mind was, you know, here we are professionals in this industry. Here we both were back 30 years ago looking for resources to help buy pools to help people buy pools or to help us get better at building pools or whatever. But people were buying pools back then. So they're buying pools without a whole lot of information and without a lot of resources to even go and look at. And what's amazing to me is the way that we used to sell pools, which was drawing on pencil and paper at people's dining room table. And yes, I know you still do that. I moved off the dining room. (laughs) But it's really intriguing how things have changed, how the pool industry has progressed and what we're expected to do as designers, salespeople, and builders in the industry. And all your points are so valid in trying to give people the appropriate information and education so they can make wise decisions because you're right. It's a big expense to have a pool. It's amazing to have one. Everybody loves having a pool in their backyard, but it's a big undertaking. Then it became not just the pool, it's the cabana and the outdoor kitchen and the fire pit. And oh, what's Can you do bocce ball for me? How about a lazy river? We get requests. Oh, splash pad. All of these different things. Why am I doing this is I can't go to people's homes all over the country. I would love to do that, but I don't have the time in my life to do that. Okay. First of all, even if I could do it, I can't, you know, I don't have the time. So I feel like is I want to share some of the experiences that I've had. So consumers, even if they don't have a great designer that comes out, They know what needs to take place. And so they may end up with not just, oh, I ended up with three average people that showed up here. And so I ended up with an average pool because of it. Well, you can figure out how to get past that and find the right person to create your particular situation, whether it's simple or simply amazing. We want you to have the resources to find the right things. That's my passion about this is I feel bad for people when they come to me later on and they're like, but nobody told me about that and I can't do it now. And it's like, no, you can't. You can't add in for cleaning to an existing pool. You want me to tear it out? I can start over. Sure. You don't want to do that. Anyway, that's my passion is I want to pass on what's been given to me to other people so they can make great experiences and it helps our industry serve them better. How about you? I had a radio show in Phoenix many, many years ago that I just love doing. I love bringing people in and having guests and talking about pools. Like you, this has been my passion for 30 plus years. And it's an education almost every day. I mean, you're learning something new or there's something else and something different. And I've always thought that the homeowners are really at such a disadvantage because our industry has very specific language. We talk different. It would be really hard for a layperson out there to really truly understand the language and what it is that we do. And for me, that was a big deal is I wanted to be able to explain things to people in a way that they could understand. And so being able to do this gives you and I the opportunity to pass on a lot of that information over the course of hopefully many, many episodes. And I want to help people too, because I really can see just how disadvantaged they are when they're trying to get a pool. And so the radio show was a big deal. Like you, I went through a lot of education. I just have absolutely loved the industry. I've been an advocate for the industry for the entire time. I've spent 
a lot of time serving the associations, getting certifications just like you. And it just seems like the right thing to do. We've got this opportunity to share this information. And I really feel like it's going to be a lot of good stuff. That's the reason I want to do it is I'm excited. Additionally, I never wanted to do this alone. And when I came and talked to you about doing this and you were willing, it really spun me up and I got really excited about it. So I think between the two of us, we're going to be able to share an awful lot with people and I'm looking forward to it. Likewise. And yes, I would have never done this alone either. So if you really enjoy this later on, you can blame Kevin because he basically <laughs> drug me along. I'm the one that's always going, but wait, think about this and think of this. And Kevin's like, hey, let's get going. So here we are. We're going. Well, I guess that makes us a good team. We're a great team. You can slow us down when you need to, and I'll speed us up when we need to. Accelerator and brakes. Got to mm-hmm. have them both. So the premise of the show, again, is really to talk about swimming pools, outdoor living, kitchens, spas, hot tubs, misting systems, shade systems, structures. I mean, you name it, anything that has anything to do with the outdoor living in your residential home and creating that outdoor space that you just love coming home from work and enjoying, that's really what this is going to be all about. Our intention is as much as possible is to almost start from the very beginning and work our way through the construction of an entire pool while at the same time having some breaks and having some spaces where we can talk about particular products, take questions from our audience and people that are listening. And I think we're going to have a couple this afternoon or at least one that we can cover. But the show is really all about that. And so we really want engagement from the listeners out there. If you've got a question about anything, it's pretty likely Mike and I can answer it. And if we can't, I'm pretty certain we've got resources that we can come back around to it. That, in my mind, is what we're doing is here. We're trying to load people up with the information and education and resources they need so that when they get around to deciding to purchase a pool or invest in a swimming pool, that they've got some tools in their toolbox to use in order to get the best deal, the best product, the best whatever's important to them. I think we all feel that when we work with a client that has some knowledge of the direction they want it, it's much easier to serve that individual and get them where they want to be. And one of the things today is pool and outdoor living process is a long process. Sometimes it takes you a client a long time to get to the process that you want to start. But if you have a lot of information, you can help speed that process up once you start engaging in that. And also end up with the proper person to do your project. I think a lot of times that's the struggle is people don't know how to find that person. And that's one thing we're going to investigate too is different thought processes and things to look at as well. And anything outside the four walls of the house, basically we're going to cover. I think we can go on for a few episodes. I think so too. And so if I understand you correctly, what you're basically saying is that through this process of deciding whether or not you're going to get a pool, depending on the type of project that you're building, depending on the scale of the project, depending on the technical aspects of the project, You as a consumer are going to want to make sure that you're matched up with somebody that can provide that level of service to you. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Oh, so we're matchmakers. Are we? I guess so. I never thought of it quite that way, but yes. So it could be like a dating website where we would match up builders or salespeople with people that are interested in the pool. Uh, I don't know. Swipe left and swipe right. I don't know if we're going to go that far. So we do have a website and your questions, you can submit them on the website, but I don't know about swiping right and left to find your perfect date. I don't know. That might be kind of fun. Well, we'll investigate it as we go. (laughs) Right. In this day and age with computers and access to information, 
could probably do just about anything. Yes, sir. One of the things that we're going to do each week with the show is we're going to have a couple of segments. One is going to be a word of the day. And this is something Mike and I have talked about extensively because we always kind of get a smile or a, a laugh out of the way certain things are interpreted. So what do you think our word for the day should be this week? So we got to call it a word for the day or is this the poolside perspective vocabulary lesson? Oh, I like that. The poolside perspectives vocabulary lesson. I got to learn how to say that. Yeah. My English teacher would be proud that I'm still learning vocabulary. My English teacher would just be proud that I'm actually still learning anything. We must have had a similar teacher. My English teacher didn't like me. Anyway, we won't go down that rabbit hole. That would take too much counseling. Exactly. So, yes, I think that's a good idea. The vocabulary word of the day. What's our word of the day? This word, I think, is used way too much in the industry, and the word is custom. Oh, yes. Yes. That is definitely used way too much. I think the idea is that, truly, for a consumer, they do want something that's custom to them. I mean, that's the heart of what everybody wants, is they want their own personal paradise. And so, I understand why people in the industry use it, but what does that really entail, and what does it mean, and is your person really doing something custom for you? The process in the pool industry is varied greatly by the individuals that come out and talk to you. And some of them have been trained to sell pools, like they sold cars last month or insurance or something else. And so their custom process is to grab a bunch of templates, not like the old templates when I first started, the blue ones? Yeah, the blue ones that came in a little cardboard box. Yeah. I've you still it. have yours? I didn't ever have any. They didn't give me a set when I started. So anyway, but we had some pools with onion paper that we could put underneath our tracing paper and mm -hmm. try that type thing. But today they're on a computer, you know, and people pull them off of mm -hmm. a 3D model and just plop it in the backyard and they go, well, there's your custom pool. That's what some people do. And I wouldn't call that custom, but there are people in the industry that are truly artists that develop, I would say, they're not custom pools, but they're works of art in the backyard. And they're as personalized as a suit or a custom-made car. When you think of custom, what do you think of? I think of a custom car, like you just said, a custom suit, building a custom house where I decided every aspect of the house, what I wanted in it, the, specifically built for our likes and desires and tastes and budget. And you get down to the knobs on the kitchen cabinets, right? Exactly. So everything is personalized for you. And I think that there are people that do a phenomenal job of that in the pool industry. And I think that we're going to get into the details of that a lot more later on. But those individuals to do that have to ask a lot of questions and understand a lot of your thoughts and things that you want to do, which I guess that's a lot of what we're going to dive into. So a salesperson would ask a lot more questions rather than just writing down what the homeowner wants and basically just taking an order and right. creating exactly that. Yeah. So you have an order taker. I don't think they're going to create anything custom at all. They're just going to give you back what you ask for. And the challenge is, before you listen to this podcast, you didn't know a lot of things to ask. And today you don't either, but maybe when you get to episode 10, you'll know a lot more what you're looking for. You're going to know an awful lot more. Yeah. And that's why you want to continue to listen. 
Right. But yes, the person, the designer that comes out and asks a lot of questions to personalize it for you, like we're going to get into a spa later on. But one thing that I ask people about spas is how many people do you want to sit in it? Sure. Is it four? Is it six? Is it eight? Sixteen? I mean, you have to understand versus everybody comes back with a six foot diameter spa, which nobody can use and is totally worthless. And I don't think a seven foot's a lot better. But anyway, those are things that sometimes people, it's like you pulled that off the shelf and wasn't customized at all. And is hydrotherapy important to you? And where's jet locations? Mm -hmm. And how are we going to deal with the back and the sitting and the angle of the seat? And there's all kinds of, those are customized things that we're going to make it for you. But some people don't ask any of those questions. They just give you a spa. Sure. We're going to dive into the questions to make this custom for you process. So that's my pet peeve word. Anything you think more about custom? I would agree that the word is used excessively and doesn't always apply. And I think you and I were talking about this once before, and I suggested that every yard's different, every person's different. And to some degree, it is somewhat custom. But then I was thinking earlier about when we initially brought up this word, is that people aren't going to brag about building their average pool. They're going to brag about building their custom pool. Everybody wants something custom. We want to feel good about everything that we buy or do. We want to feel like we're making good decisions. And there's a lot of psychology behind this buying pools because you've got to somehow, I think, get to the point to where you find a designer that you really like, that you respect, and you respect them for their knowledge, for their questions, for their expertise, and you work with them through the process to get that custom pool. Because as we talked about earlier, it is a big investment and you got to get this right. And the thing with pools, I know you'll agree with this because you've seen it over the years, is remodels are really expensive. Repairs are really expensive. This is one of those things, one of these projects that you have to get right the first time or you will regret it. And so it becomes very, very important to go through the process. And we're going to lay out that process, as Mike has talked about, and really show you the road to get to, I think, having the right information, enough information in order to make a sound decision. You mean remodels aren't like, Going, getting a new suit or a new car? No, that's like getting a new paint job. Oh, okay. I guess it depends on whether or not it's a, you know, we call them a mascara and lipstick makeovers, which is basically interior finishes, tile, whatever. But, you know, with remodel jobs, you can do an awful lot. I like to blow them up and start over. That sometimes is the way to go. It can be custom then. That's true. That's true. So we're going to also talk about a question, right? Mm -hmm. The question, we had someone send something in from, where is it, Idaho? Oh, yeah. We got a question from Katrina from Boise. Do you want me to share? Yeah. What she wrote there was she was buying a house and she said she was going to put a pool in and the real estate agent told her that she had to put a spa in for resale value. And she asked me if that had merit. What do you think about that? I've had a spa in every pool I've ever had, and I love having a spa. So, I mean, I'm going to be pro spa. I think that there's a couple of things that happen. Once you get a spa, you've got to have a gas heater. So just by virtue of that fact, now you've got a heated pool. So now you're going to have a nine-month swim season instead of a five- or six-month swim season. I think that, yeah, they're great for therapeutic action. We used ours every day, sometimes twice a day. You know, and even being in Phoenix when it's 110 degrees, before work in the morning at five thirty six o'clock, I'm in the spa for 10 or 15 minutes. It's a great way to wake up. Wow. We've loved having a spa. So I am the anti-spa person. Mm-hmm. I have a family that all love 
the spa. So the question that Katrina had, my personal opinion is, it's your pool. Don't design your pool for resale. Design your pool for you. And if whatever features that you want on your pool, you should do. However, when we talk about a spa, you mentioned the gas line and heater. That's a substantial part of the spa that now heat the pool. So if you're going to consider that in the first place, you've paid for a good portion of the spa. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing is I'm not a spa person, but I want people to come and hang out at my house. And when we were raising high school age students, I really wanted them to come hang out at my house versus somewhere else. So when we built our pool, we didn't build a spa that set six or eight. I mean, they put over 20 people on our spa one time. Okay. Now it's a very different spa and we'll get into that on a later episode, but I wanted the place for people to gather was at our house and a spa is a great thing to create kids to come and hang out. So if you're the person that's going to build that pool in the neighborhood where everybody's going to be at, a spa is a great thing to have. The other thing is when my kids were growing up and they went to grandma and grandpa's house, it was the winter swimming pool. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my kids would, it would be, you know, 80 degrees outside, but it was January. Grandma and grandpa at Heath Spa and my three kids would play out there for hours. So it's not just about being a spa. It can be sometimes a water feature as well. There's a lot of bonuses to it. So my feeling is you design what's best for you, but there are many great things about a spa. That's an interesting comment. And I loved it, the designing for you, because I have a little bit different perspective. And you bring up a good point. Design it for you. Don't design it for resale. I was a realtor for a lot of years. And... I've been to so many houses where the pools were such a distraction from the property itself and actually devalued the property as a result of the pool design and the pool configuration, as well as being on enough properties and sold enough homes that had spectacular pools that essentially almost sold the house. And so when I'm talking to people, I am talking to them about stuff like, do you plan on living here for the next five to 10 or 15 years? Are you going to raise your family here? Do you get transferred pretty regularly every three to five years? And so I think to some degree, it is important to design a little bit for resale because if you make something so specialized and so different or odd or unique, let's use the word unique, that could be a big distraction for a lot of buyers. Yeah, possible, unless it's phenomenal and then people accept it. The other thing is, with a, another buyer coming in, you can do a remodel and add a spa, okay? Or you could do a hot tub. And we'll talk about later on what the difference between a spa is and a hot tub in our industry. But those both can be added to a project later on to make someone else happy that comes there. That's true. They can be added on. Costs a lot more. Oh, most definitely. Down the road. But I think the question really was, should I add a spa? And you brought up some good points when you were talking You know, I said that we always had a spa and 20 or 25 years ago, I started designing almost every single spa at pool level down to the same level as a pool. And I typically always incorporated a big Baja shelf or tanning ledge, a sun shelf, whatever anybody wants to call it, you know, relatively close to that dam wall, separating the pool and the spa so that the kids could go back and forth. You could just heat the spa in the wintertime and not heat up the entire pool. There would be a little bit of runoff into the pool itself where, you know, you'd have some warm water so the kids could get in and out and back and forth. So it's a great question and it probably is going to require maybe 
an entire episode just to discuss the virtues and limitations and everything else when it comes to spas, but it's a good one. You brought up some great points. It also comes down to the budget. Oh, true. Which I think we're going to touch on. Yes. Okay. I think we've answered the question for Katrina. Did you like the answer, Katrina? She said she Okay. Well, you've got a question. So whatever your question is, go to our website, fill out the part about a question, and we will get some things sent out. We're also going to get some t-shirts and hats and things like that. And once those are made up, we're going to start sending those out to the people that send in for questions. We're sending out some swag? Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Poolside Perspectives Podcast swag. That's going to be fun. Should we say that only consumers can reach out, not people in the pool industry? That's a good one. Let's leave that hanging for a bit. Okay, yeah. Where we're going to go now, I think, is really to the very beginning, and that is, so you want to pull. You've decided you want to pull. Your wife has come to you and said, hey, we've got three teenage boys. We want to keep our boys home. we got young kids. We want them to learn to swim. Or you just decided you want to have a pool. And we want to spend some time, I guess, setting the foundation for how to just even start the process. So... Mike, one of the questions that I think always comes up, and you and I were talking about this once before, and you really had a good explanation of it and the way that you go about it. And I admire your knowledge and your experience and the things that you do, you know, to be successful or whatever. But it comes down to that budget thing. It's one of those questions that I think people struggle with answering, possibly because they just don't know, but possibly because they just don't want to give out that information. But as you and I have discussed it really becomes imperative that whoever you're working with, that you're providing them with as much information as possible so that we as professionals can help you. So I'd love for you to explain how you go about talking to people about budgets on swimming pools and what your process looks like. Sure. So this is something I've struggled with for 30 years is do you ask the client, what's your number? And the challenge is, in all fairness, most people have never bought a swimming pool before, built a custom pool. And so all they've talked to is their friends and family about their situations. And what's unique about where we're at in DFW is we have some of the most diverse situations in the United States. We have tremendous soil differences from clay to sand. We have hillside versus flat. We have tiny lots versus monster lots. And so these are all factors that come into the budget And so when you talk about what your friend spent, it may have nothing to do with what you're going to spend on your property for the same exact looking vessel, because all the other features are different on the projects. So what I found is the easiest way to help my consumer is we're going to sit down first of all and talk about what's on the wish list. I want to know the whole gamut of everything that you're thinking about on a project. So once I have that information. Now I'm going to go out and what's called do a site analysis on the property. So I'm going to look at grades. I'm going to look at utilities. I'm going to look at access. I'm going to look at all the things that are going to be particular about that project. And then I've got the shopping list. What I'm going to do is generate something that I can do a takeoff on, and I'm going to generate numbers based on what they're wanting and what's going to be required on the project. And basically give them a shopping list of everything that's involved. Now, what I also do is I bring up features and equipment and materials that 
are typically picked by my client base. Now, I deal with crazy swimming pools. Okay, so most of the time clients are doing stone decks and they're doing deck ton or granite countertops. And so I'm going to put all the things that clients typically pick in this shopping list. They're going to be looking at it and be like, what are peers for? And why do I need shotcrete? And what's a ledge lounger? And these are things that they don't even know or understand what are at this point in time. But those are things that are going to be needed or they're probably going to want on their project. And so I make this whole shopping list and then I send it to them for them to review. Now, usually the response is, well, this was more money than I thought it was going to be. That's how it always is, isn't it? Generally, that's the case because there's items in the pool industry that are not discussed by 80% of the pool industry because they cost money. And if I bring that up, then I might not get the job because the other guy's not going to include it. And here's the point with that. And that is that the sales guy is there to sell you a pool. So he wants to get in and out as quickly as possible, get whatever little information he's going to get from you, throw something together, put it together, put a number on it and try to close a deal. The other side of this is working with somebody that has more of a consultative perspective on this and wants to educate you and help you and guide you through the process. And that's what Mike's talking about. So my goal is ideally I want to bring everything to the table at the beginning. Agreed. So the word change order doesn't come up in the process unless it's something that they already knew about and then they took it off the list and then they brought it back. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're making educated decisions at that point in time versus you have someone that just puts something together and only gives you the information that you want and requested and then is going to add things through the whole construction process and end up with a much higher end result because that's how they're going to make their money mm-hmm. is through that process. Like you said, I'm a consultant. My job is to help you figure out this process. Now, sometimes what happens is, well, we just got to take these items off the list. And there's some real big ones that people come to me with all the time. Vanishing Edge Pool, that's a feature. We'll talk in detail more about the cost of those things and everything later on. Or they want a, a lazy river. And they're like, you know, this seems like we went on vacation and this seemed really cool. We want to have one of these or we want a splash pad. But they have no earthly idea if that's a 5000 or a 15000 or a 50000 or a $150,000 option. They just thought it was cool to have. And so we talk about those before I even come back with the shopping list. Some things are taken off the list. And actually, by the questions that I ask, a lot of times the whole concept will change of what they want because you give them information and then sure. they realize they want something different. So that way, they didn't know what it was going to cost in the beginning. So I'm giving them information that then they can study on. And I'm not trying to make them make an impulse decision. Oh, what's your budget? Before I walk off and design it, and they got to throw a number out there at me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not making an educated decision. They don't have the information based on a lot of times I meet with clients and they have no earthly idea what their soil type is. They don't know that they need a substructure underneath their pool. It's going to add $50,000 in cost. They don't know that. Sure. But after we get a soils report back, they do. And so it's hard for them to establish what a budget is with because they have limited information. So if I understand you correctly, you're essentially walking them through a menu, if you will. Yeah. And then after you walk them through that menu, you're responding back to them. Okay, based upon all these things that we discussed and talked about, 
here's some basic parameters on what kind of money that's going to look like. And for them, they can say, well, that's either way out of my budget or that works, right? Right. It saves everybody time because me as a designer, one thing I used to do when I was new, I was love to create new things. So it was fun to go out and design something and, you know, present it and have them at all until I presented the price and then they passed out and fell on the floor. And, you know, I had CPR skills, but it wasn't something I really enjoyed a whole lot. So giving them the information at the beginning and help them make an educated decision saved me time, but also saved them time. I mean, I can remember early in my career that, you know, I went through weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of revisions on a large custom project. The husband came back at the end and he said, guys, I know you spent a lot of time on this, but there was obviously a disconnect somewhere in the process because I told my wife that she could spend $300,000 on a swimming pool. Well, she asked for one of the craziest things I've ever created. It was $1.3 million. I think so, we've all done that before. And he's like, can you shave off a million dollars? Right. So, sure, let's discount it. If you told them that at the beginning, that's what it's going to cost, then the two of them could have had a conversation, came back to me and said, no, we really want to be at 300. It would have saved us weeks of development of time and bids. And also they went through revision after revision before we finally, they're like, okay, we like it now. Let's run numbers on it. Well, so. I think it's really good because you've met with a homeowner. They're obviously excited because they're potentially getting a pool. But if you haven't told them any of that stuff, and then you come back later on with this crazy design and this big number, I mean, it is a complete waste of time for everybody. And that consultative sales approach, I think is just really appropriate when we're talking this kind of money and these type of projects. And you're right, in North Texas, we have a lot of issues with ground movement and, and soil problems and just the weather in general. I mean, it freezes here. I mean, there's what, a, probably close to a 90 degree swing from the warmest part of the summer to the coldest part of the winter here. I'd go 100. Or 100. That's a lot. So it's a lot to take into consideration. So the budget's a really big one. You know, over the years, the way I've handled it, I love your explanation of it. And I'll probably incorporate some of that. It's nice to learn something new once in a while. But in my talking, I talk to people a lot about all the different aspects of the pools, different options, et cetera. But usually what happens to my demise maybe or to my failure maybe is we'll just go ahead and design everything in there so that we can see what it all looks like and how much it costs. Now, if I look back historically, that's worked pretty well for me, but I probably have lost a lot of jobs over the years by maybe not being as thorough or thoughtful about it or just attacking it like you're saying. So I think it's really good advice if you're in the pool industry listening, but if you're a homeowner listening, you need to pay attention to that salesperson or that designer, or that consultant's there and the way they're responding and acting and the way that they're asking questions, what they're talking about. And also just as important is for you to get engaged in this process, to be just as committed to finding the solutions and helping us help you find the solutions as the designer is or as the sales agent is. Because otherwise, as Mike said, a lot of time gets wasted and that's not good for anybody. Well, I also used to see the frustration with people because we can create paradise in their backyard. Mm -hmm. And we develop and they put everything they wanted into a space and we showed it to them in a 3D model and they walked through it and they envisioned it. It's hard to back up from that. And so there was a lot of clients that just did nothing because they were frustrated because, well, this project's a couple hundred thousand dollars more than we wanted to be. And, but this is what we wanted and we can't unsee it. 
Now that's what we want. And so it created a lot of frustration. So versus I haven't created anything yet. They're just looking at a shopping list. Now, some people are like, well, Mike, you know, you spend the vision, go out there and show people what you can do. And that's all great too. But most people in the pool industry don't charge hourly for design fees. I was actually just going to bring that up with you because I wanted to have that discussion. Yeah. If you're being paid like a landscape architect by the hour, okay, well, we can spend as many visions as you'd like. But most people in the, the pool industry are getting paid a flat fee to design something. And some people go out and create things and don't get paid at all. And we'll talk about the value of that later on. But anyway, what are your thoughts on that? On charging for plans? Oh, well, that could be a whole episode in itself. <laughs> yeah. What was specifically, what were you asking about? I guess just to come up with the right budget situation for them, how would be a, the best situation to go through? So it's a challenge because I have been to houses where I would think, you know, there's no way these people are going to spend, you know, more than X and they do 10 times as much and you're just in awe of it because you can't make sense of it, but it's what they want to your point earlier. And I've been to other houses where you just think, wow, this home is absolutely amazing. Anything less than an amazing pool is going to devalue this home. And they turn around and do that. <laughs> so you never know. And I think that was, again, part of my direction to a homeowner is you have to get engaged in this process. This is not like buying a car. And I've preached this and I've talked about it for years and years because I think people, consumers, the average consumer, especially somebody that's never bought a pool, thinks that it's like shopping for a car. And you're not getting the same exact car in every single lot. In this case, we're talking about pools. Every single one of them is going to be different. I mean, pools are built by human beings still. Maybe at some point with AI, we'll be able to order a pool from Amazon and, you know, some flying drones will come by and dig the pool out and install it. But until we're to that point, we're still dealing with people, different times of year. All the materials used respond and react differently. So there's just a lot to it. And you have to get involved in this process. And I tend to slow people way down because we're usually in a big hurry. You know, hurry, hurry, because we live in this society now where everybody's running a million miles an hour to the next distraction. And this can't be a distraction. This has to be, you're totally focused. I want to get a pool next year. Now my energy needs to be put into figuring out exactly what I want and finding the right company, the right designer, the right salesperson, whatever, in order to execute it. So as a consumer, what you might ask for from a designer is a shopping list. Now, when I do mine, it's very, very specific for their property. But you might ask, okay, here's a list of things that we're looking at. Can you give me a range of cost on those individual items here? And someone that's experienced in the industry should be able to provide that initially, or if not, leave and send you some information that has that. And be relatively down. close. Yes. That way you can then make educated decisions. People all the time are like, well, that fire bowl looks really cool. Can I, let's put six of them out there. And, oh, can we automate them all too? That automation, what's that, two or $300 for one? And so when they find out what the costs of some of those things are, they're like, well, okay, never mind. I don't need six of them. Right. But when you're first thinking of what you're trying to do, sometimes you look at items and you're like, oh, well, that's a pretty good deal. Let's have more of those. And okay, that's a little more than what my value of it is. So let's strike that item. 
Well, and that's a good thing, the value of an item. And so I think you brought up the point earlier about maybe a Pinterest page or getting some resources together so that you have some sort of ideas of what you do like, whether or not you know all about it or not, is helpful to us. And I find myself constantly asking people for that. And they're like, well, there's quite a few pools that we like. We just like these five or six. And, you know, oftentimes the pools wouldn't even fit in their yard to begin with. So what about that is it that they like? And it just becomes, I don't want to say a challenge for us because that's what we do. But the more information that you have and the more you get engaged in this process, really the better deal you're going to get. And I don't consider a deal being all about the price. I feel like the deal is about getting what I want for a number that's acceptable to me. That's a good deal. You mentioned Pinterest. I always ask clients, hey, can you provide me with some insight to what's inside your head? And photographs, in my personal opinion, are the best way to go on that. I tell people it doesn't have to be necessarily the feature you're looking at. Sometimes it might be the colors that you're looking mm -hmm. at, or this is a feel. I look at this photograph and I get a particular feel. I want to create that feeling in this space. Or it could be, oh, I, I want a diving board, and that's a picture of a diving board. But photographs, if you have seven, eight, nine, ten. And you and your partner, if there's someone involved with you in this process, can talk about those things before we come out, then it really helps us to understand what you're thinking. And we'll probably have some different spins on it as well. But photographs are really helpful. The House website, I think another great one, because you can make an idea book in that and share and tag different people. Sometimes people look at video that's helpful to show, but those are all things that help me understand what's on your wish list. And the more I can understand how your thought process is and your style is and your colors, those are all things that help me create what's going to be best for you. Right. So as we look at wrapping up this first episode, I want to talk a little bit about how we're going to lay this out for the next three, four, five, six months what our game plan is and why you need to be coming back and listening to us every week and getting on our pages. So Mike, we've gone through this first 50 minutes or so. If we're going to get a message out to our listeners, how do you see this helping them? Well, it's all about information. You can now make an educated decision. Educated decisions, you're not going to regret. When you make a decision and you don't have any knowledge base behind that decision or a limited knowledge, then it's hard. And a lot of times people come to me and they're like, we talked to three different pool builders, all told us three different things. So who's telling the truth here? And we got three different prices. Yeah. It's hard to understand unless you have some knowledge base or a resource to look at. And we're just hoping to be that resource. That's exactly what we want to be. We want to show you, teach you, and give you the resources and tools that you need to make wise decisions and decisions that you're not going to regret. That is the whole premise of the show. So we're going to talk about, you know, in the beginning, I said that this is poolside perspectives and it's about swimming pools and outdoor living. And so we didn't want to make it just about swimming pools because for the most part, every pool's got an outdoor living area around it and people are continually and constantly adding to their backyards and creating more space. And COVID changed everything, wouldn't you agree? It changed the whole pool industry. We'll never be the same. So 9-11 changed the whole pool industry. It created the outdoor living kitchen and living room area and COVID changed it. Now, everything that's in the house, we want one outside so we can enjoy the space. 
I did an article in Watershapes not too long ago on biophilic design. And the concept is to bring nature into the home. Well, what people realized after COVID is let's just go out in nature and have a space. So mm-hmm. build me a space that I can live in out in this environment that you've created. Yeah, I've lived in the Sunbelt for the past uh, over 30 years. And I think we like spending a lot of time outside. That's great. And so we built some nice pools. But yeah, I mean, that's really it is we're going to spend some time on on shade structures, on outdoor kitchens, on ramadas, on having a pool house with a bathhouse in it, artificial turf, just about anything that you can think of that you would have outside your home, around and in a swimming pool area. That's what we're doing. Pizza ovens. Oh, gosh, yes. uh, Big TVs. So basically water parks in the backyard. So it's a fun industry because we never get to stop learning because the requests keep coming but all the fabulous things that we can do. People uh, just want more and more stuff outside. Have you seen that reel or that TV that folds up out of the ground, out of like a silo, comes up and it's like a 100-inch TV? It's like $100,000. Have you ever seen that thing? Yeah, it's like Texas Jerry World, his big screen TV in the Cowboy Stadium, it seems like, coming up out of the ground. We're going to get into all kinds of things for fun, for safety, for enjoyment. What we want to do is... Again, as I said in the beginning, whether it's simple or it's simply amazing, we want to help you create your space you know, so it works best for you. All righty. What do you think we had to talk about next episode? A couple of things that I think we need to talk about is, one, there's some things that you need to bring to the table that we haven't discussed, which has to do with documents and information about the property and the more information you can have on that, what I call the site analysis, okay? It's going to be done, but there are some things that has to be done. And these are things that also, even if you're buying a piece of property and you're going to consider, we're going to put a pool in here someday that a lot of times people don't look at. And that's really helpful information to understand. So you don't get surprised about some massive easement or building line or soil type, or there's a lot of things anyway. So we're going to talk about that next time. All important stuff. Cause I don't know, you probably had this happen. You've gone out, you've designed a pool for somebody, and they show you three other designs they got, and then every single one of them is designed in an easement because they didn't ask for the property survey and didn't bother asking anybody, and so they designed pools that were unbuildable. Yeah, it happens. All righty, so we're going to wrap up this episode of Poolside Perspectives. This show is all about helping you become a better buyer, a better pool owner, and hopefully you're going to find some insights into how to enjoy your pool even more so, how to help your friends, your family, anybody looking to buy a pool in the future or that want to remodel their backyard, add an outdoor fireplace, fire pit, add an outdoor kitchen area, add some shade cells or whatever else it is. We wanna be that resource for you and that's the end goal here. And we promise that there's gonna be a ton of information. We'll try to go through it you know, relatively quickly but also slow so people can understand. But the intent of the show, the reason Mike and I are doing this is because we just got a lot in our heads and we want to share it. So we hope to see you here every single week. Thanks for listening.